0: A special edition of Commerce Day Live. I'm Graham Lynch. Now, today we have the first interview with Gladys Berejiklian in her new role as Managing Director, Enterprise, Business and Institutional with Optus. Now, Optus has, of course, been a major player in supplying corporate and government since its inception in 1992, when, of course, it launched with some key infrastructure in the form of the OSSAT satellites. But since then, it's brought a range of fixed and mobile products to market, and now constitutes what's pretty much a billion-dollar business in its own right as part of the larger Optus company. Now, Gladys herself needs little introduction. She's the former New South Wales Premier, one who, of course, earned a lot of respect for how she handled the COVID pandemic. Now, she did depart that role, mired in some controversy, but I want to emphasise that Comms Day is a national telecommunications news outlet. We're not a member of the Parliamentary Press Gallery, so we're going to steer clear of political topics in this interview and focus on Telco. So, with that, welcome to Commerce Day Live, Gladys.
1: Thank you so much, Graham. Great to be here.
0: Now, you've published a blog, a blog this week where, where you're saying that one of your takeouts from running a state government is that regional Australia needs resilient infrastructure. Can you elaborate on those thoughts and, and how specifically that applies to Optus right now?
1: Oh, certainly. And look, all all communities need resilient infrastructure no doubt about it but for regional communities where services are scarcer um, are more difficult to attain um, it's even, even more critical and I, I witnessed the harrowing aftermath of natural disasters um, both during and afterwards and how important critical infrastructure such as telecommunications was and um, I recall one, one incident where it was actually New Year's Day during the, the summer bushfires and um, I visited some families who'd lost everything and they just wanted to get message to their communities that they were okay so they asked if I could use my phone to ring them so I literally rang their families to say your loved ones are okay um, and you know whether it's people in those dire situations people wanting help or the first responders who need to be advised of what's going on you need that resilience in communications and and whether it's our emergency services our first responders or the community at large they need choice and competition to make sure that uh, we we're, we're kept honest in the industry about providing those services and providing them at a level which provides that level of resilience as well when su- one system is down the other one kicks in that's how all of us work in a natural disaster but if there's only one system there's no backup. Nothing can kick in, and and that's what concerns us. We, we'll always be there. Optus is always really keen to make sure we always put our communities first we invest in the infrastructure but we also need to make sure that the conditions are right for that investment that that we're not blocked out because uh, there's a merger taking place which really blocks out all other players not just optus but all other players and that's a concern
0: okay so you're specifically referring here to the proposed network sharing deal between telstra and tpg
1: that's right and whilst it's called a sharing deal you know, it really feels like a merger. And that's really concerning, I think, for the industry because um, the industry has for 30 years really been championing competition. uh, And that certainly in the regulatory environment has really championed competition. Optus has been a challenger brand in that. uh, And we just need to make sure that that continues. Okay,
0: now it's unlikely that TPG would have invested much more in regional Australia if we were honest about this. So is the takeout from your blog and I guess The general campaign Optus has run on this issue is that it feels disincentive to invest more moving forward if this deal goes ahead. Is that the only issue with investment, or are there broader issues at work here as well?
1: Well, there are definitely broader issues. We think it will, at the end of the day, hurt our customers, hurt the community because it will actually put upward pressure on prices and not just in the regions but across the nation. So it will put upward pressure on prices, reduce choice, reduce opportunities for anybody and incentives for anybody to invest because if you have a dominant player teaming up with another player, Uh, and, and they're best likely to invest if others aren't going to invest as well. So it really adds to that divide that we have in infrastructure critical to the regions and we've always believed that Optus and other entrants, other players in the market provide that competition, provide that choice, provide that extra uh, infrastructure and keep the dominant party honest. I mean, uh, this only really entrenches the dominance of the incumbent, the dominance of Telstra, uh, and that's not good for anybody because it does reduce competition and, as I said, has an adverse effect on on prices, on access, on choice, and also, uh, concerningly, um, contributes potentially to the digital divide that exists between the city and the bush.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I wanted to move on um, to your new role, or um, well, not that new. I guess you've been there for four months now. Um, yeah. But about the, inter- four, the sorry, go on.
1: Four months to the day. So, to, to the yeah. day. Okay.
0: Um, so so basically, you're running you're running enterprise and, and business and, and institutional, as Optus calls it. And now, when you were the premier, you headed what was effectively, I would call, a 120 billion dollar corporation in the form of the state government. And, of course, a a big user of communication services. So now you've, you've crossed the aisle to the supply side. What perspectives from the premier job do you bring across to this new role?
1: Well, firstly, I think what's really important, it was important to me to be involved in an industry, in a sector which touched millions of Australians, and telecommunications does that. It's now critical infrastructure. Everybody relies on connectivity. Uh, especially obviously individuals and families but more so businesses as well and I think COVID has really demonstrated uh, the blended ways of working now that each company has to grapple with and people are working out what the workplace looks like moving forward and telecommunications has a really critical role in that and I was excited to join that industry and Optus has always been the challenger has always been the one keeping all the major players the major player honest and that appealed to me as well and the culture here has been outstanding certainly what I can bring from my personal or or previous experience is just that belief that we have an obligation to really improve the quality of life of everybody that touches our company, all of our customers and essentially when it comes to businesses, I get a thrill out of thinking about the fact that we can support businesses to grow, to employ people, which has a great contribution to the economy and I don't take that issue lightly. And I think it's really important um, not just to be part of an organisation Um, that looks at the numbers in the bottom line, but an organisation that really cares about the service it provides and what it means for our customers, in this case, businesses. And the challenge uh, for us uh, in supporting businesses of all shapes and sizes and working with other institutions to support them, uh, we're really a telco plus. um, And in the digital age, companies want to become more efficient, more sustainable, greener, and and certainly Optus uh, can provide enormous support and opportunity for them in that regard.
0: Okay. Now, recently, the management responsibility for um, Optus Enterprise activities moved from the Singapore head office at Singtel to Sydney. What does that mean for Optus customers and the services that they receive here?
1: Well, for Optus customers, it's business as usual. They'll continue to get the high-quality service that we provide for them. However, um, there's no doubt that we have a renewed energy and focus now in terms of servicing the B2B community. Uh, As I said, businesses of all shapes and sizes, institutions, government, we're now really well-placed to do that. And uh, for those, obviously, in the industry, what occurred um, in the last few weeks, uh, the decision by, by Singtel is a very significant one. It means Optus Enterprise now officially joins Optus um, organisationally in Australia. That means we can have an end-to-end B2B proposition for the first time in 20 years, which is very exciting for us. And a vote of confidence uh, in Optus. And I'm really looking forward to reducing the silos that existed previously perhaps, but really allowing us to refocus our energy into providing a full B2B proposition in an integrated way. Uh, And that means more to us internally than externally, but what the message I want to send out to our customers, to our businesses, is we're really really have a renewed enthusiasm to support uh, businesses of all shapes and sizes, but also appreciate their growth strategy, the strategy they might be going through in terms of working out um, how their employee, where their employees work from, uh, the multiple work sites, but also digitisation. Because digitisation is good for the bottom line, it's good for the environment, it's good for the economy, and we have a really important role with our partners to support businesses do that. Okay.
0: Now, as Premier, you're obviously... um, quite tuned into the economic trends which affect spending decisions in corporate Australia. We're now entering, for for younger people, at least unprecedented times of higher inflation and interest rates. So how do you think this will all play out in terms of business sentiment and, and how business uses imports such as telecommunications?
1: Well, I think um, it does put a renewed focus on people's discretionary spend, but telecommunication, telecommunications and connectivity is something that everybody needs. So we appreciate um, the importance for us to give our customers, our businesses, great value for money during these difficult times, but also open their, open their thinking, open their own uh, thoughts to how by getting becoming more digital, by, by using some of the services we provide uniquely to the market, we can actually help them be more efficient. So uh, by becoming more digital, by thinking about how their employees are working, where they're working from, and allowing us to help them uh, in those efforts, um, really is a way for them to be more efficient, to save and to be able to not only keep all their employees, but employ more and grow. So we're really about a growth strategy. We're really about supporting businesses reach their ambitions, um, to use us as a partner in the way that they work, in the way that they grow, but also acknowledge that during these typical headwinds, I think all businesses are considering, of all sizes, are considering, well, what does this mean for them? How can they be more efficient? And how can they continue to not just survive, but thrive in these challenging environments? And I think whenever there's a challenge, there's always an opportunity as well. And uh, we've got some really innovative products, uh, um through the living network and other and other features which really allow businesses, will allow businesses to take control of what they do and allow us to support them to grow in ways or digitize in ways they hadn't imagined they could.
0: Okay, now final question. I mean you've made a big personal transition. Obviously you started off in banking, then you went to politics and then to corporate life and, and you share that trajectory with your CEO, Kelly Bayer Rosmoran, because she started in banking as well. Um, How how do you see the telecom vertical? It's got its own arcane language and its own logic. What's your take on the sector after a few months in it? And I guess the trajectory that it's on right now.
1: Yeah. First of all, can I say Kelly's an outstanding leader was one of the reasons why I decided to join Optus. Uh, The person that I wanted to work for had to inspire me and she certainly does that. Um, but in terms of the industry, it's really challenging. It's hard when you're the challenger brand, when you're the challenger uh, in an industry that's becoming uh, more challenging with the introduction of MBN um, to the fixed business, um, with the various changes going on with um, with over-the-top players coming in uh, and using our network that we invest in. I mean, there's so many challenges in the industry and and that appeals to me because, Um, there's always opportunities for us to really convey uh, the importance of those organisations like Optus that invest in these networks, that provide these essential services, and that there's not many of us around now. Most people benefit from the big networks that we provide or the network uh, investment that we provide. So my take on the industry is it's a, a very challenging one when you're not the incumbent but also one of enormous opportunity and and great deal of satisfaction knowing that you're providing the critical services. In terms of the acronyms, the first month was difficult, but um, having adjusted to banking and government, um, perhaps my learning curve was a bit quicker than others because of all the acronyms I've been used to in my life but the industry as a whole has really good intent and Optus certainly has a great culture and good intent. And I'm really enjoying the experience and really uh, enjoying supporting this organisation, support our businesses and customers um, who rely on services um, every day. Okay, well, with that, thanks for your time, Gladys. Oh, thank you, Graeme. And um, it's been great talking to you and no doubt we'll talk again.
0: So that was Gladys Berejiklian from Optus and this is Comms Day Live. next time.